We are back with the Care to Change podcast and grateful to have you join us. We are continuing our series on looking for fun in the midst of yuck with a discussion about when being married is no longer fun. You will hear April and our counselor, Jared Jones, in this episode. Thanks for being part of this conversation. Our hope is to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Care to Change podcast. My name is Jared Jones, and today we'll be switching things up a little bit where I will be interviewing April on today's topic. We're currently in the month of March where we're talking about looking for fun in the midst of yuck and talking about topics of how to find enjoyment in life when some things are just really weighing on us. Some things are just making life not enjoyable, not very joyful. So today, um, our topic is when being married is no longer fun. And like I mentioned, we're going to be joined by April Bordeaux. April, thanks for being on. Hi, it's nice to be on this side of the chair. Yeah, no kidding. You get to be the speaker here for once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So April, tell us a little bit about you've been married for a while and Mm -hmm. you've kind of shared some stories from your marriage on previous podcasts. We've heard about Mm -hmm. them this year and some on previous years. So just tell us a little bit about why this topic really sticks out to you. Right. So I have been married. I'll be married 24 years this year. Mm -hmm. And I love to see people who are married and getting married couples. I love seeing couples. Mm -hmm. And I love just the seasons and the stages of life. They're not all fun. And a lot of times the couples that I see when they come in, there's a lot of times some disappointment and some hurt, but inevitably there's some sort of a statement that's made that goes something like, I never thought I'd be where I am today in this marriage. All of a sudden marriage isn't fun. And so to me, this is a a topic for one being married and I have two teenagers. And so we have to really fight for fun in our marriage. But Um, being married that long and then seeing couples who come in and this is a topic that's 99% of the time addressed in session at some point or another. I thought it would be a really good topic to put in this series. So do you just work with couples who've been married or do you do other things with couples as well? No, I I do um, pre-married, married, marriage intensives, uh, individuals related to marriage. So yeah. Yeah. So kind of all across the board, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So speaking of like pre-marriage, like people going into a marriage, a lot of times we we go into marriage and we don't necessarily know what to expect because if you've never been married before, right. you don't know what it's going to look like going into that. Mm-hmm. So what's what are some important things that you feel like people should know or that you've helped people with going into a marriage? Right. So um, I loved the conversation that Teresa and I had on an earlier podcast this year about marriage and sort of setting the expectation. And I tell the story frequently that Randy, my, who's my husband, he and I went through some pretty intense premarital counseling before mm-hmm. we were married. And thankfully we did because we credit today our, where we are today in our marriage and in staying happily married to a lot of what we had to walk through before. And I think sometimes couples don't take that pre-married time to really focus on points that could be challenging after marriage because Mm -hmm. you know let's face it before marriage you're having fun you're dating you're presenting your best self to the other person you know you're planning and you're dreaming and what's marriage going to be like and you're making these grand statements like well I'll never 
fill in the blank when I get married. And so I think, you know, in preparation for marriage, you know, we, we unknowingly bring in expectations for marriage Mm. and we unknowingly bring baggage, even if it is our first marriage based on where, how we grew up. So for me, I grew up in a, a home that was divorced. My parents divorced when I was 10. And so I lived with my mom, rarely saw my dad. And so I didn't get to witness what a healthy marriage would look like. Yeah. And, and so that has played out in my marriage, right? In seeing mm-hmm. my mom raise four kids on her own, there's a, an element of independence that comes, you know, and how does that, how does that come into the marriage? Uh, knowing that my mom raised four kids on her own. So there's something that I unknowingly brought to the table about, well, I could always fill in the blank, right? Well, I didn't know this going into the marriage. So regardless of what our experience is, we bring what we've learned by experience in life and what we saw in our parents into the marriage. And, and we can say, I'll never be like my dad, or I'll let, I'll never be like my mom. And yet there's something that happens in the brain when we're living with a parent or a grandparent, whoever it is that raised us, that we we do pick up the traits and we do learn the way that they communicate and interact. And that does play out in marriage yep. in good ways and in, in unhealthy ways, right? So I think preparing for marriage, you know, you said your, you, your question was about getting ready for marriage, knowing that there's more that's brought into the marriage than just like the promise of forever and undying love. Yeah. And you're not very aware of that going into the marriage, right? You're having fun. You're enjoying getting to know this person. Everything's exciting. It's building up. You feel so connected and things are going well. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, we're going to live on love, you know? And that's, and I was so glad for our pre-married time because we took a prepare and rich assessment that outlined for us the strengths in our relationship, as well as, points in our relationship that would bring challenge. And let me tell you, 24 years later, that preparing rich was spot on for us. And Mm -hmm. so the things that we've had to really struggle through, you know, there are some things that come easy for us in marriage and there are some things that really do not. And it does trace back to how we were, we were raised and man, we had some serious discussions and I can remember times we would leave the counselor's office and we wouldn't talk because we're so angry with each other about that conversation. Like, this is supposed to be fun right now. You know, we're in pre-married. We're going to live on love. And it wasn't so fun. But you know what it did was it saved us from years down the road wishing we would have addressed it before. So when the issue came up for us, we're like, oh, we've been here. We, We have the tool that we need to be able to walk through this. So, yeah. So it's important for couples, whether they are about to be married or are married or have been married for a while, for them to know that these issues are going to be there. Yeah. We bring in stuff from our childhood, our upbringing. Yeah. Some of this stuff can be masked by just the power of love and connection yep. and affection for each other. So then uh, tell me, like, what what should a married couple do or look out for when you start to see some of these cracks happening, some of the stress mounting? Right, right. So, so marriages have these stages, right? And you, you know, there's that pre-married stage where you're in love and everything's great. And, and then you get married and then maybe you've already lived together. Maybe you move in together afterwards. I don't know, you know, the situation, but at some point you're living together and you realize there's not really an escape when there's an argument or a disagreement or sort of like this funky vibe in the air, like something isn't right. What did I do wrong? Or why are they mad? Or why am I so irritated at them? Or 
Why are they chewing so loud? And why did I not notice that before? And why does it bother me now? Like when there's something that happens that's just not fun, like great and loving and living on love, it's like at that moment, we have a decision to make. Are we going to ignore it? Are we going to address it? Are we going to look at ourselves and say, is this about me or is this about them? Am I trying to, to save them? Am I expecting them to save me? Like, what is this vibe that I'm feeling and where is it coming from? And I need to do a little heart check. And a lot of times we don't pause enough to do that. We just react, Mm -hmm. right? And so our spouse does something at that point that's irritating. That wasn't irritating before. And Randy and I joke about this now because if we find ourselves arguing over the status of the house or the clothes on the floor or the way I parked the car or whatever it is that we would find, you know, One of us inevitably at this point, you know, we pause and we say, this really isn't about the laundry. So what's happening here? Let's, let's move. Is it about respect? Is it about appreciation? Is it about expectation? Because it's not really about that laundry. You're identifying some underlying issue that's just coming out with that little tiny conflict. That's right. And so I, I think the first thing to look for is when there is that vibe that something is not right. There's some unrest. There's some irritation. There's some frustration. What is it about that that is a need that's unmet? And is that my responsibility to meet that? Is that something that they've done? And then having that dialogue then, not just like, okay, we're just going to pretend. We're going to move on. We're going to distract ourselves. We're going to go buy something. We're going to get each other back. Whatever it is that couples a lot of times end up doing that later down the road becomes destructive, really sucks the fun right out of the marriage. It's in those moments to pause and say, well, I was expecting, you know, and there were, there was a point even in our marriage early on, early on, I'd say within the first couple of years where we had to outline who was doing what, like the duties in the house, Yeah, who was responsible for what? Cause one of us felt unappreciated and one of us felt taken advantage of one of us cleaned one way. One of us cleaned another, one of us didn't care about piles. One of us did. And those are those little things that really don't matter. But when you're talking about having fun and having a fulfilling marriage, those are the things that are kind of like sandpaper to the heart. They sort of rub on the heart a little bit and can really set a a tone for just not wanting to have fun because you're irritated about these things. So we Mm -hmm. even had to have a conversation. Well, whose job is it to do the dishes? Whose job is it to cook? Whose job is it to clean? Whose job is it to do the, the lawn? And so we... In our house, we call them, you know, and this is pretty conventional, you know, you might call it old school, but we have pink and blue duties, you know, and the pink duties are, Randy, don't, don't try to do the laundry. I appreciate, you know, when you're trying to help me, but it just really frustrates me when I see the pile and then I see this and just let me do it because I have a way, you know, and for him, it's like, don't try to clean the floors, April, because I don't like the way it's done. I'll do it. So we have, you know, and everybody has their own thing. So Mm -hmm. we had to sort of, because we found ourselves arguing over it and this is just, we're just living together, two different people. We lived on our own. We were well into adulthood when we got married. And so we had our own way of doing things. And so all of a sudden we're like arguing. And I'm, I found myself sort of resentful. Like, well, if you don't like the way I'm doing it, well, those are the things that sort of suck that fun. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're not living on love anymore. And you're not like, oh, let's go date and have a really great time. Cause we just argued over all the chores at the house. Yeah. Right. And so those expectations and and pressing the pause button and having those conversations as they occur are really important. 
So as you see problems or just difficulties arise right. as you're going through your marriage, it's important for you to have those conversations as they happen. Right. Instead of letting stuff continue to go on and on, get right. to the root of the issue. And you even mentioned like making more strict, I'll loosely use the term boundaries. It's more like um, a plan right. that helps you guys to be able to find compromise in that. Right. Where is the compromise where one person gets what they want, the other person gets what they want and you guys are able to meet each other's needs mm -hmm. with that plan mm -hmm. we really want couples to have win-win scenarios yeah right? so in life the best way to have fun is when there's a win-win if someone feels like they're losing the whole couple loses right so it's not yeah. like win some lose some if you lose some you both lose so if you're winning an argument your spouse is losing the argument which means the marriage is losing yeah. So there's not a win and a lose and a, and I, I, I kind of even shy away from the compromise term because it means someone's giving up and there is a way for it to be a win-win. Yeah. And that's not to say that it's without anyone giving something up right. without right. someone having to put an extra effort. Right. I've heard the term. I don't remember if this was you that had shared this on a prior podcast or if I just heard this in general, because we have a lot of mm -hmm. marriage and couples counselors here at Care to Change. But looking at problems in a marriage as it's not you versus right. your partner. It's you and your partner versus the problem. Right. You guys are working together as a team. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That is so key to communicating when there is a problem, when there is an irritation, when there is a frustration, when there is a hurt, you take that issue and you put it on the table and you say, this is the issue. You're not the issue. I'm not the issue. This is the issue. And then it's, what did I do? We take our own responsibility mm -hmm. to, to allow this issue to occur. Or what did I do to bring this issue to the table? And then what am I going to do to change it? I can't say, well, you need to change this. If you would just, and there might be changes, you know, that spouses need to make. I'm not saying that, but my responsibility is what I bring to the table and what I'm going to do about it, not yeah. what he's bringing to the table and what he's going to do about it. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that suck the love and the fun out of the marriage, right? Because if you're having yeah. these issues and you're not addressing them or your spouse becomes the enemy, it's really difficult to go and have a really great time when you can't stand the person that you're going out with, right? Yeah. So it's the addressing the underlying issues and and address and having the heart conversation in safe spaces and in safe ways is key to keeping the fun in the marriage. And I'd also imagine that, you know, if you're if all your interactions or most your interactions with your partner are being stressful for you, are these conflict interactions, it could really color that picture of how you see your spouse, how right. you see your partner and like you said, just not enjoying being around them. And you kind of miss the things that are fun or that mm -hmm. are enjoyable about being with your partner because you're so caught up in the, the stress and the mess and the That's conflict. Right. Yeah. And, and over time, it's more difficult. So uh, if there's a person in the relationship, you know, in the Enneagram would be sort of the Enneagram seven, the one that just loves to have fun and loves yep. to be with people. They naturally are drawn to the fun generally there aren't two sevens that get married, right? Neither Randy or me, neither one of us are sevens, but usually the person who's not the seven is like, well, that's irresponsible. We have things to do. We have bills to pay. We have, and so it sort of removes the beauty of the fun. But when you have two people and neither one of them are sevens, like in my 
marriage, neither one of us are. We're both responsible. We're both type A's. We both lead in the roles that we're in, you know, at our jobs. And so that is really a breeding ground for a lot of conflict, right? Because we both know how to make decisions and Mm -hmm. we have our own styles. So it's really easy to have conflict. Oh, I bet. It's really easy. Well, it's hard to have fun when you have two type A leaders who want to lead the way, right? So we've had to really fight for this topic of, well, let's just go have fun. Mm -hmm. And so... With probably different ideas of fun, Of fun, right. Like, I remember we argued on our honeymoon. And I remember thinking, well, we have just made the biggest mistake. Because who argues on their honeymoon? And it was because we went into the honeymoon with different expectations of fun. Mm. And, you know, for him, he wanted to go to the beach and decompress and he rejuvenates by seeing the beauty of the water and being there being present with the water and and at the time I was like I want to go and explore this place like this is a new location and there's things that we can do and things that we can try and let's go and he was like no that's not and so we were arguing just about what was fun so we're even arguing about what was fun yeah and so what we learned right away was before we go on a vacation or we go somewhere what's your expectation? What do you need for this to be a successful trip for you? And what do I need? And how can we meet both of those needs versus going into it without talking about it? And then one of us is pouting because well, we're not having fun because we're doing everything they want to do. You know, it wasn't that you couldn't have fun, right? It was that you guys needed to communicate your ideas of having fun. So that way you could both have the fun that you wanted to have. Right. And to this day, when we go places, I'll say, let's, you know, fill in the blank. And he'll say, oh, I don't really want to. And, or he'll say, hey, I was thinking we could. And I'm like, I am, I'm not really interested in that. And you know what? This is important to him. This is what he likes to do. I'm going to do this. And when I see him enjoying himself and having fun, guess what? It's still fun. Mm-hmm. And when he says, okay, I'll come and take this risk and we'll go do something that to him seems crazy. Um, at the end, he'll say, Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I'm so glad we did it. So sometimes just enjoying seeing the other person have fun. You know, I love to see him have fun. And so if that's fun for him, okay, let's do that because I want to experience him having fun. And so it's the stress of life that tries to remove it. It's lack of communication that tries to remove it. It's unresolved conflict that tries to remove it. It's, you know, the circumstances of life that tries to remove it. It's it's hardship and pain and bad decisions that hurt each other that try. Yeah. So life isn't generally set up to just run down the fun street together in marriage. It, it's something that you really do have to fight for, especially through seasons. And then you add children in the mix and then teenagers in the mix and bills and responsibilities and, and health and all of the things in the mix. And it's like we, uh, you and I talked about sort of like the stress of life a couple of weeks ago, and that doesn't lend itself to just rest and replenishment. It's the same for marriage. Marriage yeah. isn't set up in our culture to be one where you're just out having fun all the time together. Mm-hmm. So it is something that requires intentionality. Otherwise, you know, you wake up at year 12 or year 15 or year 26 or when the kids leave for college and you say, I'm married to a stranger or I don't even like this guy or I don't know the last time I laughed with this guy or, mm-hmm. and that's what we don't want to happen. Right. It's not that the fun is not there. It's that if you're not cultivating it, right. other things can choke it out. Right. Or if you're not cultivating with your spouse, because I don't know how many couples I've had in here where one spouse is having a fun life, 
but they're doing it with their friends. Mm. And so the other one feels neglected or abandoned or really sort of ripped off. Like, what about me? I thought we could have fun together Yeah, and feeling very lonely in the marriage. So yeah, it's to, it's that connected fun. Yeah. That's an important distinction. Yeah. Yes. Because like you said, you, you could have two people who are both enjoying things in life, mm-hmm. but they're not connected about it. They're not enjoying it together, together. And that's not fostering the growth of the relationship. Right. Yeah. And really essentially, you're just having two lives of fun and coming back being roommates. Yeah. And that's not the intention behind marriage. Right. And that kind of reminds me of our earlier podcast this year, I believe, was it Teresa Haskins yes. talked about when when you feel more like roommates than yes. soulmates, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. That was exactly the one. Yep. So you mentioned, and I feel like there's nothing that happens in a marriage or even just like a couple that sucks the fun out of it more than arguing. Mm-hmm. Arguing seems like that's a thing. That's where you're getting really frustrated with mm-hmm. each other. That's where it's hard to be around that person. That's mm-hmm. where you start to get this like negative color. So tell me a- about arguing and how that affects the fun of a marriage. Right. So, you know, arguing is in essence something that disconnects two people. Having different views can, it can be a place of disconnecting. When couples come in and they say, oh, we never argue, that's a red flag to me because there's two humans that have their own ideas about life and their own boundaries that are healthy. Arguing is a part of two different people living in one space. So arguing isn't a bad thing. It means that there's two individuals asserting themselves. Now there's unhealthy arguing, right? And I always say if at the end of an argument, you don't feel closer, then it's time to look at how you argue because there's a healthy way to argue. And it's when the arguing isn't happening that one person feels gypped because they're giving in all the time. Yeah. Or when there's unhealthy arguing and one just, you know, storms off or gives in or whatever that this, these things create a wedge. And when there's this disconnect or this wedge in, in the relationship, it's very difficult to come back together and have fun because we know, uh, you know, in research, it shows that play, you know, the art of play, the art of having fun, it disarms fear. Mm -hmm. But in order to have fun, there has to be some sort of felt safety. So it's like they work hand in hand. So if a couple doesn't feel safe together, it's difficult to have true fun because to laugh and to have fun does require some element of safety because you have to sort of let your guard down to laugh. Yeah. But then when you let your guard down and you laugh, the fear sort of melts and then it's easier to connect. So that fun goes both directions, you know, so arguing isn't a bad thing as long as it's done in a healthy way. But arguing certainly is sort of that breeding ground for that disconnection, which will in turn remove the fun from the relationship. So I feel like a couple of things I'm hearing are couples that laugh together, stay together, yeah. right? They're growing their, their, yeah. their relationship and their connection with each other. Mm-hmm. And also if couples don't feel safe or if people, there's not that safe environment, mm-hmm. you can't have that fun. Right. And so maybe if there is some kind of, I'll say risk to safety or perceived risk to safety mm-hmm. in the relationship. One thing I can think of is infidelity is mm-hmm. one Absolutely. of those big things. It's hard to connect and to have that fun and mm-hmm. to bring the fun back into that relationship. Right. I mean, there's so much to it because a lot of couples will go and they'll have fun on vacation and they want to just go and have more fun on vacation. Are they having it together? Are they just having fun because they're on vacation, right? There's a difference because there are some people that they, they thrive on experiences 
And so when they're out having experiences, they feel close and then that's what they want. They want that closeness. So they, they want more experiences, right? And what's happening in the day to day because no one gets to live. I mean, we're not in Hollywood, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We don't have an endless supply of finances to go out and just live life. That's always on the go, always having fun, always having experiences. There's still laundry to be done and there's dishes to do and there's kids potentially, you know, to raise and there are, you know, that's not real everyday life. And so can you experience fun in everyday life? And that's when Mm. there, you know, there's true connection. So, you know, I I do, I do know of couples like, well, we we always have great time on our vacations, but it's the day to day. Right. Uh, And so there is this element of, well, you, you don't get to live on vacations. Yeah, because vacations typically have less big decisions to make. Stress. Less stress, Mm -hmm. less things distracting you from life. It's also a breakaway from a lot of other things. You can focus your attention on your partner. And if you have, if you're in a relationship where you enjoy your vacations, what that says to me is, are you dating day to day? Because dates are miniature vacations, Mm. right? They're not business meetings. Dates are not business meetings to talk about who paid what bill and who's taken teenager to the next sporting event. That's not a date. That's a business meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And so couples will say, oh, well, we went on a date, you know, last Saturday. I'm like, oh, good. So what did you do? We went to dinner and we went over our budget and we talked about like, that's not a date. That's a business meeting. Those are essential. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But if couples say, oh, we, we have a great time on vacations. We just can't seem to, to connect in day to day. Well, tell me how you're dating because that's a little miniature vacation. Those few hours you have together, that's a little, and it doesn't have to be extravagant. It can be a picnic in the back of your car, you know, with an iPad watching a movie. So it doesn't have to be like Disney. It doesn't have to be going to Australia on a cruise. What's the connection that's happening day to day? So going off of that, I know you've been touching on some things. Do you have some like practical ways that a a married couple can have fun, Mm -hmm. can bring fun back into their marriage. Yeah. So, you know, I'd start with saying, first of all, what did you enjoy doing when you were dating? Mm. And have you done that lately? And they're like, well, I'm 50 years old now. So no, I can't go sliding down steep hills in the middle of winter without it really, you know, hurting the next day or whatever. Okay, so what's something, what did you enjoy most about it? Well, it was the thrill of the whatever, or it was the cold, or it was, okay, so can you recreate sort of those, what did you enjoy, and are you doing those things? And just sitting down and saying, these are things I love doing with my spouse. These are things he loves doing with me. Okay, so how much do these cost? How much time does it take? All right, so there are dates that we only have two hours, or we only have $10, or there's a date, it's a whole day. And so sort of creating a plan based on what are the things you love to do? How much does it cost and how much time? And then you can sort of craft um, your plan. I know for Randy and I, it's, you know, every other week we know we're getting a date because we need it. His love language is time. If I don't give him, you know, time, you know, I'm not speaking to his, to his love language. And so mm. even that is very small. You know, we have kids but it doesn't mean we're out going and doing big things. He loves to walk. He loves to ride bikes. He loves to be active out in nature. I do too. So that's one of the things we enjoy together. And so we, and we set up guidelines on our dates. We're not going to talk about fill in the blank because we know then it becomes a work discussion. Yeah. And so we even had to have some guidelines about like, we're just going to have fun. We're going to do something that requires that breath 
that breath that removes the stress. So something that's, you know, exercise or out in nature. And so really beginning with the basics, if you're a couple that's like, we want to, we want to have fun. Well, what did you used to do to have fun? Mm -hmm. Um, And can you recreate those moments in the modern day? Um, If you're like, those days are long past, we can't. Well, today, what do you enjoy doing for fun? What does he enjoy doing for fun? One of the things Randy loves to do is golf. You know, I like being out in the sun. I love the green. I like to ride the car. You know, I like the conversation, but yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible golfer. So I'm not going to go out and be like, let's go golf. But he, again, he loves it. He feels out. He feels free. And it's like, I enjoy mm-hmm. watching him enjoy. So of course I'm going to go. Um, he does lots of things for me that aren't on his top of the, the fun list. And so uh, I think it begins really simply just by saying, what do you like to do to have fun? And can you do that together? Yeah. I can hear some of our listeners saying like, wait, we have to plan to have fun. I like know. that's no fun to have right. to sit down and plan that. Yeah. Right. How would you respond to that? Yeah. I mean, there's truth to that. And spontaneity is a beautiful thing when it comes to fun. And, uh, you know, my life is so full that I have to plan it. I have mm. to say I'm going to set aside time for fun. Otherwise, it, you know, I get I get really sucked into the responsibility of life. That's my personality. I yeah. get sucked into the responsibilities of life. So I have to plan it. Other people have that gift of spontaneity and let's go and do and have fun. And that's great for them. You know, send me ideas because I would love to have your ideas, you know. So that might be something else to consider is mm-hmm. if one or both of the people in the marriage, like they, they like the spontaneity of fun, mm-hmm. maybe coming up with uh, on their own time list of things that they can do spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, ours is we have to set aside the time. We don't always plan what we're going to do it during that time, but oh. we do have to set aside the time. And then that yeah. day, cause we've, we've done it before where you like, we're going to, set aside and this is what we're going to do. And that day comes and we're like, we're both whooped. What were we thinking? We're going to go have a scavenger hunt downtown. Like, I don't want to go downtown. That's too much. So what can we do that's different? Right. So we just, the important thing is setting aside the time Mm -hmm. and then you could fill in the blanks, whatever works best. You know, this is whatever works best for you as a couple. Yeah. That's so good. And I can even think of like, you know, you can set aside that time and then that gives you that freedom and flexibility Mm -hmm. in case you, you know, Weather turns out to be bad right. or the place you're going to is closed or right. one of you gets sick. Like, right. what can you do to flexibly adjust to that? Right. You know, we we went on a trip a few months ago and our plane was getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And they're saying, oh, you might. And it was a layover in Arizona. And you might be spending the night in Arizona. And, you know, who wants to go and spend the night in Arizona? That's, you know, you want to know what your spouse is like. See them when there's a delay in your plane. Yeah. Right. Um, in traffic, right. Putting up Christmas lights, whatever it is, you you can see who the real person is. But so if you're dating, go do some of those things. You'll get to see what they're like when they're stressed. But immediately I'm thinking, Oh, I remember when we came to Phoenix before we had kids and we went up to the grand Canyon. And if we're going to spend the night, you know what, I'm just going to rent a car and we're going to go make the drive and we're going to make it fast and just go up there and see the grand Canyon. So instead of sitting and being like, Oh my gosh, we're going to miss our flight. And this is awful. And that means we're going to get in a day late. Like, okay, well, what's the adjustment and how can we make this fun? Because we're already going to be there, you know, and then our planes didn't. And so I was kind of disappointed. Like, oh, I was thinking we were going to get a flip trip to the Grand Canyon, but it's still fun because we're going where we were going. Right. Yeah. So finding fun in those moments that Mm -hmm. you might 
be otherwise like frustrated or right. worn down by that. But instead using the opportunities you have can bring that fun back into the marriage. Right. Like you're out for a walk and it starts to rain. Like don't run for the car. Just play in the rain. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's the worst that can happen? You're wet. You get a cold. Right. You get a Okay. So, <laughs> you know, so sometimes I think we make it a little bit more complicated than it needs to yeah, be. Especially yeah. Especially when the stressors of life really yeah. set in. Mm-hmm. So we're nearing the end of our podcast today, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if you brought any resources or things that we can share with our listeners that can give them some helpful tips or support with bringing fun back into their marriage. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a believer in the prepare and rich. And if you haven't had that assessment to really find out what the core expectations are and how you relate, I would recommend any prepare and rich facilitator. It doesn't have to be one of us at Care to Change, but there are other facilitators that can lead you through like, what are my strengths that I bring to the table? What are my spouse's strengths that he brings And How can we utilize each other's strengths in that fun planning process? The Enneagram is another one when you recognize, Mm -hmm. oh, he's that way because that's the way he is. It's not against me. That's just the way he is. The Enneagram can produce some fun just in self-exploration In terms of just having fun, there's some really practical, like I said, activities that you can just sit down. There's a a new couples adventure idea book. It's like a dating book. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, And that's fun to do. We've done that. And it is fun. Focus on the Family has some, you know, free date night booklets that you can get that give ideas for free or $5 or $10 date nights um, because they don't have to be expensive going online and just looking at, you know, events near me, you know, just sitting with your spouse, dreaming, there's, there's so many resources on ideas to how to just really have fun. And I think what I would say to the listeners is to if you're not having fun, if you feel like you're a couple that's not having fun to get to the reason why. And sometimes that's more about, you know, we have a book, Nine Lies, that'll destroy your marriage. Yeah. Boundaries. Those are books that those might be contributing to the reason why there isn't fun. And so even though we don't want to lean into the discomfort of the underlying cause, we just want to say, I'm just not having fun. It, it's worth taking the time because who wants to live a full life with someone else and not enjoy it? Yeah. So I will also encourage our listeners, if you are trying some of these things from today's podcast and it still feels like you're not able to bring the fun back into your marriage or you're still struggling with some of these things that are inhibiting that fun, listen to some of our other podcasts where we talk about that. I mentioned the one with Mm -hmm. Teresa Haskins earlier. Yep. We'll include all of these resources in the show notes for you to be able to go to and, and utilize and see if that can help enrich your marriage and bring the fun back into that. Absolutely. Thanks, Jared, for saying that. I it's really important to not just stay married. It's easy to stay married. It's difficult to stay married and be happy and enjoy the marriage, right? Yeah. And so, but it's also worth the effort. And so I want to encourage the listeners to put in, put in the time and do the work, you know, it takes because when you're enjoying life with your spouse, there's not, not too much better than that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this, April. I'm sure that our listeners and myself really appreciate all of this. Our listeners, I just want to remind you that we're going to continue our series of looking for fun in the midst of yuck. Uh, Next week, we'll have special guest Mike Spencer Mm -hmm. come on and he's going to talk about how to help 
have fun with your kids outside mm. of technology. Yep. So how to try and find those ways of maybe after working the fun back into your marriage. Okay. How do you work fun back into your kids relationships that doesn't just involve having phones in front of you the whole time. Right. Yep. Yeah. So if uh, you guys have any questions, reach out to us. We'll post our contact information in the show notes as well, but we hope that you'll join us for more podcasts and continue to be a part of this conversation with us. Uh, follow us on social media to hear more resources and things that we're doing and We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. We invite you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at care2change.org. We thank you again and hope you will join us for more of our podcast conversations.